Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do a very special episode celebrating five years of Entertainment Talk. I'm your host Matthew and I have four co-hosts with me today. Let me scroll down my list. Uh, Bex, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you today? Good, good. Uh, Gray is here as well. How are you doing? Hello. Happy birthday, Matt, to Entertainment Talk. Thank you very much. Uh, David, here as well. How are you? How are you doing? I'm here. Good, good. And Robert? I'm here as always. Cool, cool. Uh, So yeah, on Tuesday, the Tuesday just gone, it was the 6th of April 2021. Uh, For those of you that don't know, the website was created on the 6th of April 2016, which feels like a lifetime ago. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about some topics each. Uh, We've all got a few things lined up to talk about. Uh, But first of all, I just wanted to do a brief little breakdown of uh, entertainment talks history now what i've done is basically write down uh the name of each sort of show that we've done not all of that thousand podcasts because we'll be here for 12 hours uh just noting down uh the different shows that have been created basically over the five years uh so the first one i got written down is uh random gaming talk that used to be called xbox all in one robert you were on one of those or some of those episodes uh back in the day so that was very very fun to do uh, we've got the Breaking Bad podcast, which just was created last year. The Boys, the Amazon Prime show. Star Trek, which was mainly for Discovery. Uh, the Walking Dead, one of our longest-running shows, uh, which used to have uh, Chris and Sophie on it as well. So that's cool. Me and David still doing that. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, which has been interesting for this current season. That's certainly the word I'd use, which comes back next week. Uh, so yeah, branching out into the world of the Walking Dead. And then uh, we had a new show from that world last year, The Walking Dead World Beyond. We covered the 10 episodes of that. And that'll be coming back, I think, this year. Uh, TV episodes, just for all of our season reviews and TV talks and that kind of thing. Uh, or any sort of general TV discussion, film uh, reviews and discussion, we have those feeds as well. Video game reviews, so done a, done a bunch of those over the over the years. Uh, one of the slightly newer podcasts, uh, but was created I think two seasons ago, uh, which was the United Cast, which I'll be doing today. Let's hope that's a happy episode. Uh, playing against Tottenham later on today. See how that goes. Um, the chat podcast, which is if you don't know the monthly uh, podcast that we've basically got, which goes through how Entertainment Talk did in that month and just any other things i want to sort of chat about on that particular podcast so that's sort of fun to do once a month uh the actor actress spotlight uh taking a look at uh, not just the characters that people have played but the people themselves the actors and the actresses that's been fun to do had a special episode this week with tom hanks and tim allen so that was cool uh going backwards a little bit classic reviews of course i am considered still a young person i will be a bit older next week on the 17th of april i'll be 27 but uh you know some film some films and games and shows came out before my time so uh, that uh, podcast series is the opportunity for me to go back and look at things you know back to the future terminator those sorts of things and also revisit things i've uh enjoyed in the past as well such as toy story cw superheroes for the 15 different dc shows that uh that they make uh there's only about five or six of them but it feels like there's a dozen of them uh one really really good show which is now finished the good place did a podcast for that on the two seasons better console which is the prequel for the breaking bad tv show as well i think that's that's the later next year isn't it the, uh, the next season. Yes. So, uh, one show which finished its production for the second season recently, uh, The Witcher. That was quite a uh, mad day for me, doing eight episodes in, uh, well, four podcasts for the, the two episodes each on that day, uh, back in December, the year before last, wasn't it? Wasn't that last year? So, uh, 2019. Yeah. So, that was cool. Henry Cavill um, playing, uh, playing Geralt. That was fun. Uh, HBO doing one of their sci-fi shows with Westworld. That's coming back soon for a fourth yeah fourth season uh a show that which i very much miss uh 24 uh not covering the jack bauer era that was obviously way before entertainment talk uh was was created uh but covering the uh was it eric carter or something was his was his name that that sounds right yeah yeah Corey hawkins eric carter i I think that was his name covering that little mini series and i very much hope that comes back one day but we shall see uh, sticking with HBO, but their uh, fantasy side of things, Game of Thrones. Uh, their detective side of things, True Detective, uh, I Zombie, which was the uh, that was a cool show on the CW. American Horror Story, which has got a spin-off now. American Horror Stories, I think it's called, maybe. Uh, so we yeah. got that as well. Watchmen, which was sort of a mini series, which was great as well. Uh, Run, which was the Merritt Weaver show that she did. Analyzing Television, not really a 
separate show but uh, a sort of series within the tv episodes that we've done analyzing television so uh, that was that's been fun to do as well i do have another episode in mind i might do that today or some point next week and then the newest episode that we've got or the newest series that we got uh, the world of the last of us which is talking about the upcoming tv show and the video game series did a big episode of that this week so yeah that's uh every category at least or every uh show that entertainment talk has made over the past five years there's been other bits and pieces of episodes here and there but uh those have been those have been the main ones uh let's move on from that and uh let's go co-host by co-host um we're gonna i'm gonna i uh, looked up some things this morning episode counts and everybody's first appearance of course my first appearance was the first episode anyway uh david your first podcast with me uh, at least entertainment talk wise because i've been on a number of geek town episodes as well but uh your first yes. podcast was the no way out episode of walking dead season six episode nine and the the podcast date not the episode date the podcast date was the 17th of february 2016 uh so that wow. was your first podcast and your episode count which has now gone up by one is 225 which would now be 226 uh so that's Good how Lord. many <laughs> yeah that's how many you've been on yeah quite Surprise. a few so yeah wow. uh that i didn't think it was that many yeah right. well you know several seasons of walking dead and better call Saul. i West guess it, yeah it it, it yeah. adds up so a few film reviews here and there uh i think we've reviewed one game together didn't we the, the spider-man game the uh the 2018 uh, one yes yeah we, we did a review yeah. for that so yeah david one of the longest running co-hosts um so that was really cool uh bex your first episode was tv talk 29 on that podcast we talked about the outsider russian doll defiance which i think you brought up in that episode bojack horseman i don't think bojack, bojack was finished by that point it might have been i can't remember uh bojack horseman and that episode was on the 11th of Pre- uh, 11th of february 2020 so last year and your uh, mm-hmm. podcast count is now six so that's pretty cool oh, awesome yeah yeah Saka. a little while before <laughs> i catch up with dave a little while. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah so that's really cool as well uh, great. Yours was the one, the last one that we all actually did together, uh, which was the I called it the big discussion podcast. Uh, we talked about streaming, nostalgia, a bunch of things as well. Uh, so I think everybody that was here was on that episode, um, and uh, that was on the ninth of May, twenty twenty, last year. And your episode count is eight, or now it's nine. Hey, so, yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> nearly double figures. <laughs> nearly, yeah, yeah. Just one more. So. Uh, but that's Grace. Uh, we'll get onto my episode count in a second, which obviously is going to be pretty big. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert, your first episode. Uh, we talked about this, I think, on, on Tuesday. We tried to guess what the first one was, but now I've gone and looked at each person's first episode. Uh, yours was the E3 2016, so it would have been the same year the site was created. It was called Xbox The All-In-One, now it's called Random Gaming Talk. Uh, that was Random Gaming Talk episode 35, which, just for a numbers reference, the same podcast, we set, kept the same episode count, it's just changed its name. Random Gaming Talk just passed episode 250, I think that was last week or the week before, and that was on episode 35 of that podcast. So you've been doing that podcast with me for well over 200 episodes which is which is awesome uh that particular episode was on the 19th of june 2016 and your podcast count is 409 which is uh pretty cool of course t- uh, over 200 of those are, are, are counted towards that so yeah back in uh e- e3 2016. yeah i kind of need to get a life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh any guesses as to my episode count <laughs> Do you think it's going to be in the thousands? It could very well be at this point, yeah. I think it's going to be at least ten more than me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, Maybe. I'm seriously, seriously you know. to make an over 9,000 joke, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is it more than all of us combined? That is the question. Yes. It has to be. Yeah. 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 So. By, um, by at least ten, yeah. <laughs> 1,442. Wow. <laughs> So, and that, that's, yeah, I that, take that back. That needs to get a life way more than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's... isn't that about as many as The Walking Dead has made TV episodes? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's not including my uh, Geek Town appearances. So that's uh, that's a few yeah. more as well. So, but uh, I just like talking. Wow. So, what what, what can I say? <laughs> I really like talking. 
But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a brief kind of history of entertainment talk. A lot there, some uh, interesting memories there and stuff, and uh, lots and lots and lots of talking and podcasts, which is what we do. So yeah, uh, that's not my actual topic. My topic, which I'm only going to spend perhaps a few minutes on uh, i wanted to just talk about toy story something that's very very near and dear to me i did a special episode of it this week like i said on uh, tom hanks and tim allen um th- this this is a i mean i'm nostalgic and i care for all you know a bunch of different properties spider-man crash bandicoot toy story that those those kind of things you know some of those things from from childhood and stuff uh but toy story has really been there since you know a year after i was born until about you know two years ago you had uh 1995 was toy story one then 1999 which for me was quite a hell of a year because in 1999 uh man i won the treble which yeah, they're the, currently the only English team to do. Man City might change that this season. Let's hope not. Uh, so that happened in that year. And Toy Story 2, which is my favourite film, uh, also came out in 99 as well. So uh, pretty good with that. Then there was an 11-year break. Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, which was when I finished uh, high school. So went the whole way through all of that with, with no Toy Story film. But uh, Toy Story 3 came out then. And then, uh, yeah, nine years after that, Toy Story 4 came out. Um, Toy Story is an interesting one, because you look at, you know, the things that Disney own, which they're very much not short of anymore. And, uh, you know, Pixar still was important to them. Toy Story is still important to them. Yes, they've got all the flashy Marvel stuff and Star Wars and obviously the Fox editions, which is a bunch of stuff. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years, certainly, what disney and pixar want to do with with toy story i mean the the newest thing they kind of had was i think a couple of months ago they did these like pixar shorts which really really were like one or two minutes and uh, toy story was kind of thrown in there uh for those of you that are kind of curious i did do a, a tv series pitch it was just a little podcast i did last year just an idea that i have of a tv show they could do um Will they make a Toy Story 5? I don't know. I think there's, there's possibilities of what you could do with that. But um, I suppose it just poses the question of, you know, how many films of a certain franchise do you want to do before you potentially end up running it into the ground? I'm looking at you, Fast and Furious and Transformers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Bumblebee was great. I reviewed that in uh, uh, last week as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this thing has stuck around my whole life, really. It's been it's been relevant that entire time and it's already been two years since the last film but uh i don't know i i it'll be interesting to see you know will there be just a period where 10 years or so or five years goes by where there's just not been any films uh will it just be a case where it's another 10 years before they make another film um i don't know but uh we shall see but that's uh that's pretty much just what i want to talk about that's my two little sort of topics um but uh We'll see what happens with Toy Story and what Disney and Pixar want to do with it. So, but uh, it it means it means a lot, very much a lot to me. So, I uh, still got my Buzz, Woody, and Jesse sort of dolls on the on the top of my wardrobe. Those are the oldest things that I own. I've had those as far as I can remember. I don't know when exactly I got them, but uh, yeah, those are very dear and dear to me as well. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today, I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. 
You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film. And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month. You can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey everybody, I thought I'd edit this in afterwards. Uh, The others have all gone now, it's just me here. But uh, I just wanted to edit in the housekeeping section. Uh, So recently on Entertainment Talk, we've done uh, the United Cast episode, the 2-0 win away to Granada in the Europa League. So that's good. Uh, We played the second leg on Thursday. A big episode of The Walking Dead this week, season 10, episode 22, the sort of new season finale. Uh, The Here's Negan episode, the highly anticipated episode, and uh, me and David talked about that. Uh, Gaming talk this week, we talked about the meme that is uh, Super Mario's death. No real person actually died, but uh, Super Mario is now dead in the internet sense. Um, Just for a bit of context with that, the 3D All-Stars game, which was um, a collection of three Mario games, has been digitally removed from the Nintendo Switch store. Nobody knows why, because Nintendo just decided to take it off there for no particular reason um but we talked about that on uh, a happier note we talked about the return of e3 and talked about each of the companies listed and not listed uh konami was one that was surprisingly listed so we talked about that and a whole bunch of other things i also talked about my first impressions of Oddworld soulstorm on there uh, in terms of entertainment talk fifth anniversary content the possible skip review for train to bazaar peninsula you can find that on amazon so i talked about that uh musty dunkirk film uh musty review for dunkirk the 2017 christopher nolan war film you can also find that on amazon prime in the uk possible skip review for bumblebee the transformers spin-off film uh you can find that on netflix yes netflix in the uk so you can check that out uh watching crash bandicoot 4's cutscenes just a fun little audio of me watching the cutscenes for crash bandicoot 4 just having a good time and uh just watching those cutscenes for that obviously spoilers in there if you haven't played crash bandicoot 4 but there's that one world last of us episode uh the ellie character spotlight quite a big one the main character for the game Natural Natural Spotlight episode 10 talking about Tim Hanks and Tom Allen two actors that mean a lot to me because they voiced characters I care about very very much which you would have heard me yes you would have heard me talk about that already on this particular podcast but uh, those are those episodes um excuse me chat episode chat podcast episode for march 2021 talking about how the month went a bit of entertainment talks history that kind of thing celebrating all that and that kind of stuff so that is some of the podcasts we've done this week on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms thanks very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show that's what i wanted to talk about pretty much um bex we're gonna go to you first i know what you want to talk about but uh what what do you want to talk about uh topic overall i thought that I would throw a bit classic retro gaming into the mix and suggest a game that I'm playing through for the first time ever, which is the 1995 SNES role-playing game Chrono Trigger by Square. Yeah, I'm playing it through for the first time at the moment, so I'm experiencing it for for the first time. And um, it's it's been a really, really interesting game to kind of just throw myself into and uh it's amazing to see like most people that have played it have basically decided it's in one of their you know top 10 favorite games ever or at least in their top 10 favorite sort of rpg games so i'm interested to hear if anyone else has played it what they what they thought of it and uh yeah just compare just compare experiences of it because it's quite a wonderful little world they've made and of course all the artworks by akira toriyama who made dragon ball z so that's pretty awesome too Oh, cool. No, I've not. I've not experienced it myself. Um, not something I've particularly looked into. Maybe I could, um, but no, not not from my side particularly. Which was interesting when we when we were talking. I think this morning, and uh, we were trying to arrange it for what everybody was going to talk about. And uh, I thought that would be quite a good one because uh, some of us have or have not experienced it. Um, anybody else here, uh, David? Have you played that at all? 
No, no, it's not one that I really came across. I wasn't. Um, what platform's it on, Bex? It's, it was uh... released on the SNES. It wasn't released over here originally, but there's been various versions of it. So it was ported to a lot of other systems as well later. The version I'm playing is the Steam version, which has added in fully like anime animated sequences as well. Right. So there's like a few different iterations. Yeah, um, I didn't really have access to a SNES back then. I was much more of a, a computer gamer. Probably, I don't know, might have still been an Amiga at that point, or I you know, might have moved on to a Mac, I don't know. Could have been on a PC, I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have access to a SNES at home, um, so uh, it wasn't really one that I came across. And like you say, it wasn't released over here initially anyway, so... Um, uh what what sort of game is it i've seen you playing little bits of it on the stream just just give a bit of background about what it actually is yeah it's a snes jrpg game and it is kind of considered as one of the defining ones by most people that have played it and i'm sort of rapidly sort of starting to agree with that the more i have played it myself it has gorgeous pixel art obviously 16 bit it's set in a fantasy world but you also work through multiple time periods so you have to go backwards and forwards in time affecting the plot there's a lot of variation in the plot there's a ton of different endings the characters are all adorable and very you get very different experience depending on which characters you're putting in your party at each time and it's it's just a really really classic game that i wish we'd all got to play kind of when it first came out in the 90s um i had a mega drive myself so i was playing like the fantasy star games and, and things like that i also played the the mana games and it fits very much within that genre and that area of uh, jrpgs mm. Well, I you mean, also let chat decide the name of some of your characters, which mm. resulted in some very interesting choices. Yeah, chat <laughs> get to decide all the important things. Um, so they named the, the main character Idiot. <laughs> which means, of course, in games like this where you can input a character name, um, <laughs> everywhere I go in the game, just somebody walks up and goes, Idiot, where are you going? Idiot, go and rescue the princess. Um so there's been a lot of that. The other characters have been called uh, Velma, Crichton. There is a frog character who is currently called Kermit. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've, we've also got a spaceship that we use to travel through time at the moment, which they've decided, based on the fact I've caused several catastrophes and already died and found most of the bad endings in the game so far, uh, they've called my spaceship the spaceship Oops. <laughs> that's what people say when we turn up so that's that's going well <laughs> nice excellent nice gray you're a hardcore gamer aren't you uh not so <laughs> uh, but uh, you know in an all on sales researching as bex was talking about it and oh. you know a lot of people out there are saying it's the greatest snes rbg ever for sort of setting the standard in terms of like uh all the graphics and the side quests uh, so i found that quite interesting um, uh, that and then it had re-releases, but still people go back to the 1995 version as as one of the one that was a bit groundbreaking. So I'm doing my research on the side, but I may not be a hardcore gamer, <laughs> but I've definitely supported Bex's topic here and saying <laughs> cool. it didn't get originally released in the UK. Um, no, no, it didn't. It was only released when it got ported much later. So, but it's on Steam and it's pretty cheap on Steam, which is the version I'm playing, which has the option for 16-bit graphics. And it has the option of having these additional fully animated style cutscenes, which are pretty, which are pretty good. You get the original 16-bit cutscenes straight after, which makes things quite funny when I see like someone go, "Idiot, take them down!" <laughs> and like this fully animated Dragon Ball style character is like with a sword, <laughs> and then there's like the little 16-bit afterwards where it's like, <laughs> um, so I am, I am enjoying that, definitely. Uh, so this one, I think the one I'm playing is counts as the enhanced version because the additional right. cutscenes and some mm. bonus side quest dungeons as well, like completely new just side content's been added as well. But it, it definitely, it's a really lovable series because there's so much humour in it. And also there are things that you do that you just kind of do because you think you're being funny. So there's a bit really early on in the game which just seems inconsequential. Like, it's just teaching you the game mechanics where you can, like, steal somebody's lunch, right? <laughs> and I, I, of course, I was like, hee, 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 steal the lunch. And it's like, your your HP has now been, like, 
improved and you're like excellent nah, 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 nah. and then there's like a bit where you're taken to court and they're like do you steal people's lunches and you're like uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like, if you say like no there's like here's video footage evidence of you stealing someone's lunch and you're like all right yeah and they're like hey, you are a thief and you're like damn it i did not realize that was going to have consequences and that's the best sort of training bit of the game because it just teaches you that everything you do has a consequence which is a good thing to learn in a time travel game did i mention i've destroyed the world several times and it had to restart from save points <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I'm surprised. So I blame my viewers. They make the important choices, uh-huh. and I'm blaming them even when it was me because it's a plausible get out. Uh, but you know, it's it, also very highly rated. But it's 94 on Metacritic, and that's amazing. Like to get into the top 10 of Metacritic, you have to have 97. So it's up there. It, it's, it's a really a well-reviewed game. And there ends my gaming knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you said that was released in uh, 95? But... Yes. Okay. Yeah, the first version was released in 95, but they've made adaptations, ports, and upgrades since then, hmm. uh, up until so... like 2002 or three, or maybe in a little bit later. Hmm. That's interesting. So the game that you're, you've brought up for the topic was released in the same year of the film that I've just brought up, which is Toy Story. So yeah, both in 95, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, Matt wouldn't have played that game because his hands wouldn't. <laughs> big enough to hold the controller uh, <laughs> yeah yeah is i would it... have been impressed <laughs> cool so what what is it available to sorry how do you get it how can you get it now what uh platforms is it on uh i wouldn't recommend trying to get the original snes game because uh you need a lot of money to be able to throw around to to get that one however right. you can very cheaply get the enhanced version on steam there's also been re-release versions that have come out on to playstation <laughs> and uh onto various i think it came out on the ds as well but there's been quite a few versions you, you can pick up plus you can get the the digital version on most of your you know, you sort of PlayStation networky and and those kind of places as well. Yeah, I checked on Steam. It's only fifteen dollars US, so that's what like twelve and a half pounds. So very affordable. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that should include the bonus three additional bonus like dungeons as well, um, which I spent two hours on one of those alone. Cool, cool. Uh, all right, should we move on from that one to Gray's uh, topic? Uh, Hello. Yes. Hey, what, so, what do you want to talk about? Hey, yeah. So I'm just going to talk about like, so I um, sort of started my entertainment talk journey in the midst of the pandemic. So I thought I'll be <laughs> cheerful and just talk about COVID a little bit more and how it's affecting like the the scope of television and some things I've just found really interesting because obviously I've been um, doing podcasts with yourself and Geek Town over over this time and we've been monitoring uh, programs that we've lost due to the pandemic um, things like Glow and I'm Not Okay with This Society and Stumptown mm. and then talking about how um, television programs come back and try and deal with it and some of them do it in a, a really respectful way so um, just this weekend gone I finished watching the first couple of episodes of The Good Doctor. Um, and how they deal with it you know they're they're in a hospital they can't ignore it they have to face it and then some of them that handle it in a really haphazard way Um, I I talked recently of watching Blue Bloods and you get in the first episode that it's happened but then you hardly get a reference to it anymore through the rest of the season and and it's just about how the entertainment industry and the TV industry are gonna shape themselves as they move forward uh, being really aware of acknowledging its existence but uh, not overplaying it too much um and so i was just thinking i was writing loads of notes this morning about sometimes programs really work and if we go to the uk tv industry actually they found some brilliant shows that work in a covid safe way uh, even like quiz shows like um rich Josman's the house of games which is on weekly on bbc over here works really well because they didn't have an audience before they have four celebrities who can all sit a distance apart and then you've got the host and so you know that's something that really worked a reality show over here the circle brilliant stick a single person in a room miles away from anyone else film them and that's what it was before the lockdown so you've got some really good ideas but then you've got some things that just aren't working and you just want the restrictions to go to help the programs come along like some programs do require this big audience 
you know there um i talk about recently i watched anton deck saturday night takeaway which is not really our, our normal theme but i watched it and there was just something wrong about the atmosphere not being there where they would normally jump into the audience and give away prizes and cutting to a, a zoom and someone at home on a three or four second delay just wasn't working for me and mm. i've been reading loads of articles about some of our British soaps and our British dramas, unless you bubble up your cast or you get them to do really rigorous testing, which, uh, you know, other news press uh, people will attack because why are they using funding for this? You just don't have a real sense of like what we normally expect in those dramas because characters can't get together or can't have romantic scenes because, you know, they're then trying to cut in real people from their home in like romantic scenes. I read a big article yeah, on... Yeah a lot of the cast have to bring their partner to work. So if they're doing a kissing scene, their partner has to put on a wig of the actor they're supposed to be kissing and kiss them. And they do all these close-up shots. And I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's shaped and people have had to adapt and change so quickly. And I just wonder where we'd be in a year's time and, and will we have learned from this and will we try and make provisions for it? And it just, you know, it's fascinates me. I don't know if, you know, if anybody else got other opinions, but the one um network or one company that have used covid to cut the most shows from my research is netflix they've used it to they've up to eight shows that they've cut citing covid as a reason the most of any network in the u.s i can't find any uk television programs they've cut due to covid they've changed the transmission dates or they've altered them but yeah it's it's a bit like we need to stop using covid as an excuse and and yeah. you know acknowledge it so Hmm. I, I think Netflix have possibly used that slightly as cover so they don't because I mean Netflix have got quite bad at like cancelling things after one or two seasons hmm. you know it's there's very few shows that go past four seasons on Netflix um, so I think they've been using Covid as cover to try and kill off a few things um, as sort of convenient way of, of lessening the blame directly on themselves I think yeah hmm. um yeah, it's been has a... anybody on here been affected the most by a program that is dealing with COVID? Have you watched something and thought, oh, I just can't, you know, the way they're playing it or the storyline they brought in? Has anyone seen something they're a bit like, really like, oh, that's jarring? I um... don't, I don't um, particularly watch many of the, like, the medical shows, and you know, like Grey's Anatomy and Good Doctor, like you sort of mentioned and that. Uh, I mean, the, the only mm. sort of procedural that I watch is uh, 911, but that's not, it's not back on yet. Uh, I think they do deal with COVID in the season of nine one one, but it's not. It's just not come back yet, so we haven't seen that. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't. I don't t typically tend to watch those kind of medical shows and stuff. Um, there's not not many of the other shows I watch that have like directly dealt with it. I noticed with um, yeah. Big Sky on a couple of occasions, like a few char a few of the characters have sort of mentioned it, but it's not really been like involved with with that world kind mm. of thing. Um, but no, not, yeah. not nothing else particularly. I, I think um, it's been interesting watching how uh, some of the productions have worked around it. Uh, the I think have I got have I got news for you? Did a pretty good job if you're talking about the sort of panel shows because they mm. ended up doing one season in full lockdown, replacing the panels with TV screens. So the panelists all did it from home, and uh, they kind of got away with that without an audience. And then when they they did get the guests the the panelists back in the studio they put the audience in a cinema next door so you weren't having the panelists and the uh, audience in the same room mm. so they managed to do it that way and then piped the sound between the two which i think they had a few getting the good up the audience count they kind of managed to mix it across the two and, and graham norton i think has done a fairly good yeah. job as well uh so there have been some interesting ways of handling it i i think um Daily Show has, has really thrived without an audience, weirdly, and that's been doing really well. Same with John Oliver. I think he's done a great job with it. Uh, my favourite story actually comes from, it's not a show I generally watch, but NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, they have one cast member, Linda Hunt, who is in her 70s, and uh, they were starting to refilm it. And um, obviously, when you've got somebody in their 70s, it was before the vaccine had happened when they were starting to refilm. So they didn't want to put her in any kind of danger. So what they did was turned up at her house and filmed her scenes on her front doorstep. 
and and did it that way which i thought was lovely it was a way of kind of making sure that she was included in the season without kind of um having to expose her to like a full camera crew and everything they literally just turned up with a camera at a safe distance and uh you know gave her a mic and and uh, filmed the stuff (laughs) from a distance i thought that was a beautiful way of doing it It it's really good so there's been some retrusting inventive ways of of managing to get through the drama and the witcher of course uh, is you know which we mentioned earlier uh, had a a, yeah you know they've had crew members go down they've had cast members go down with covid they've had henry cavill like damage his foot he's you know they they had a really rough time getting through that but they've done a really interesting phenomenal job um the six episodes, extra episodes of The Walking Dead that they put out, which were a bit of a mixed bag, although it did produce one of the best episodes of The Walking Dead in recent years yeah, with Piers Negan. Yeah. So, so um, you know, the, but that entirely came out of the fact that they had mm. to shut things down for COVID and they mm. needed to produce things with smaller numbers of cast members, yeah. which is quite difficult when you've got a cast the size of The Walking Dead. But I think they managed to pull it off. You know, it was mm. uh, it's a way of keeping the actors working. So there have been some inventive ways of, of mm. handling it. Yeah, it made made one yeah. of the worst episodes and one of the best episodes as well. So yeah. of uh, of Walking Dead, <laughs> it's been interesting with um just like slightly off topic with uh with football, because uh, you can't have fans in 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 the grounds anymore. There was a brief period I think in November or December where uh, London was in a in, in a lower tier, and uh, I remember May United played West Ham and they had like a few hundred or a few thousand. I can't remember how many exactly. Some some fans in the ground. And uh, that that sort of made things a bit different, but it's it's kind of weird sometimes watching football with like because you can hear like the ball being like kicked really loudly. You can hear players kind of shouting at each other because there's no none of that crowd noise to sort of drown any of that out, which must be affecting. I don't know for good or for bad some of the um, performances of the players because you can hear you know everybody around you saying hey pass the ball this way or mark that player or whatever uh, where you couldn't hear that before. Uh, but it's interesting watching certain highlights and stuff, and it's it's a bit like because I've seen certain clips of uh, Man United doing training and stuff. It's like watching a training match just in a big stadium against a different team, because uh, you can just kind of hear everything. It's uh, it's strange, but um, hopefully they can. I think they have a plan. Maybe uh, I think they said in May, which is when the season ends, um, to have fans possibly back in the ground. So maybe while maybe when next season starts in August, they can have some more some more fans in. So, yeah, that's been that's yeah, that's I been that's been something that's, that's been different. So, yeah, and I would second that with watching um, wrestling. Oh right, right, right. Because wrestling, obviously, it's it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of um, you know stage acting and a lot of getting the crowd riled up and there is no crowd, and <laughs> you can you can hear the elasticity when someone drops and they're like, oh, that's gonna break a bone, and it's like boing. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Yeah, I talked with really Matt about that. The atmosphere. Um, like, I want to say like April, May, when that first started to come back, and it was just so weird to watch a wrestling match and there'd be no crowd and no noise and no interaction. It was kind of disturbing in a weird way. Hmm. Yeah, because it is such an interactive, like you know, it's, hearing it's, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 somewhere between sport, pantomime and um it's theater it's live theater theater yeah. yeah mixed with incre- incredible strength and um and skills um physically so it's this whole mix of things but yeah the difference without the atmosphere where you can just hear like the ropes and you can hear all of these things you wouldn't normally and it makes it difficult i think for them to sell things because when you're selling a punch when you're selling a fool when you're selling all of these things Things, or when you need to perhaps communicate with the person you're in a match against to be like, yeah, we need to go slightly to the left, you know, something all these things yeah. suddenly are going to pick up on because they're working together to try and make the best entertaining performance. And they're having to change so many things due to the lack of that crowd noise and and interaction. So that was that was kind <clears throat> of kind of weird to watch. Um, mm. Props to them for, you know, continuing and trying to and trying to still put on a show. But it was it was very different. I think TV wise for me. Not a huge amount really changed with content. The shows I watch don't need to deal with mentioning a pandemic because they're all set in the far future or other universes. So that kind of <laughs> helped, I think, because nothing needed to be changed writing-wise for, for anything I watched. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's actually um in in the football there was an incident I think a few a few weeks ago where um because you can hear the players a lot more. Uh it was it was caught on video one of the main United players swearing at one of the other ones because they were doing something wrong basically. And uh which I imagine happens on the pitch all the time, you know, you probably frustrate each other when someone runs offside or doesn't pass the ball to you, you know, something like that. Uh or when our defenders pass to each other. Um and uh yeah, they caught one of the players throwing at one of the other ones. So that was that was interesting. <laughs> um but yeah, it's interesting like like Beck said with uh some of the different shows that she watches and stuff, which, you know, are in the future or different kind of realities and stuff. Uh so for example, like, you know, Walking Dead, which is already dealing with its own virus of sorts uh isn't going to have like covid and stuff because they've got zombies so they they don't need to write in uh you know two different viruses and that so yeah it's been it's certainly been interesting i mean you know we've had things like um certain schedules change and stuff i mean you know like walking dead had to when they came back in uh it was actually at the end of march wasn't it when they came back yes. uh when when they, that would usually be the second half of their next season they're doing these bonus episodes and then they kind of like shift things around i mean it's going to be interesting with like um some of the arrowverse shows because they usually start in october and finish about may but they're sort of in the earlier parts of you know they started what january february some of those seasons and uh you know once they do their whether it's 15 or 20 or 23 episodes they're going to be sort of in the middle of summer um and then you can't then you know turn around another season by october so it's going to be interesting to see with with big shows like that that sort of have loads and loads of episodes um when you sort of go through the calendar and stuff this it's almost just been like shifted schedule wise um because mm. they're not they're not really going to be able to have their next season you know refit the schedule to normal have the schedule come back in october so it'd be interesting to see how how that goes but uh yeah like like david said the witcher as well has uh been through some did did he get did he did Henry get that injury on the set or was that something outside? Um, that... He was he was in between takes apparently. I think he was practicing something on an assault course, so it uh, wasn't during a scene. Right. It was him training, I think, uh, and uh, he pulled a tendon in his leg. Hmm. I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's certainly changed uh, the whole industry, really. I mean, you've got the cinema industry as well that's kind of struggling and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it changes the world, definitely. Yeah, so. and if we're talking in, in five years' time at the 10-year anniversary, we can talk about COVID oh, times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think about it, um, right now going on with Disney+, Plus, we're kind of in the middle of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but uh, the... Black Widow movie and the Eternals movie was all supposed to hit before that. And yeah. Um, yeah. WandaVision was actually supposed to start after Falcon and Winter Soldier. So if, if you're watching that and you're like, you know, nothing really kind of lines up, that's part of that reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's sort of them changing, having to change their schedules around. So, which for them, they had to delay, you know, most of their films so that it would line up properly with the schedule. So, especially in a connected universe like that, where you really do need certain story bit beats before before other ones so mm. yeah yeah but uh that's the covid topic for that um david let's go to to you next i've got you written down next so okay <clears throat> well i thought seen as we're celebrating five years i go back and look on uh geek town to see what i was writing about five years ago just to see what mm. stories were around yeah. um literally today the story that was out on the you know five years ago on the day we were recording this uh this is quite a surprise uh the headline was urgent notice from nsh virus outbreak it's the uk <laughs> um what this was relating to was uh the the story was virus has been identified as a virulent blood-borne infection that is thought to have spread from an animal host. So this was five years ago. It was a promotional thing for uh, Secret Cinema's showing of 28 Days Later, uh, which is, um, you know, if you know Secret Cinema, they, they rent out a space and then do these big elaborate kind of immersive film experiences. They're really, really good fun. And they did one for 28 Days Later. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was quite funny that like the first headline that I spotted when I went looking this up was from today and was about a virus outbreak. So uh, there you go. Um, 
Other headlines that are around the sort of same time. Uh, Vampire Diaries announced that they were having their last season, uh, that season eight will be its last one. So that was going. Clarkson, Hammond and May announced an untitled car show for Amazon, which, of course, went on to be the Grand Tour. So that was just announced. Uh, Doctor Who announced Pearl Mackie as Bill, as the new companion in that. Uh, Stana Katek had announced she was leaving Castle, although that actually ended up being the final season, so she didn't end up doing a season without her. Neil Gaiman had announced that Good Omens was coming to uh, TV. He was going to adapt the Terry Pratchett novel. So uh, and that, of course, we've all seen now, and they did a pretty reasonable job with that. Uh, and uh, it was also announced that uh, Ben Affleck will be directing his solo Batman movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, and now we have a yeah, completely I mean, different Batman film on the way yeah so i mean i i thought maybe talk a little bit about just the mess that is the uh, dc film universe having spoken a bit about marvel there so um the confirmed films we have coming up in the dc cinematic universe you've got uh, suicide squad which is out august 6th you've got the batman which is the other batman movie which is sort of what that Ben Affleck movie morphed into uh, with Robert Patterson now playing Batman. That's coming out on March 4th, 2022. Then Black Adam in July 29th, 2022. The Flash in November 2022. And Aquaman 2 in December 2022. And then Shazam Fury of the Gods. That's in June 2023. So those are the confirmed movies. Uh, The New Gods movie and the Trench movie, which is a spin-off from Aquaman, are both been ditched quite recently so those now aren't happening um there are some other movies rumored to be in development there's like a green lantern film and there's a few other things as well um but those are the only ones which we know are definitely coming and given the state of the dc universe right now I, there's no guarantee that any of the other rumored movies would ever actually happen i don't think um I just find the whole situation really infuriating. I, you know, we've said before, the problem is that I, I don't get why DC can't get a handle on this. Given that, unlike Marvel, they had access to all their characters. They'd not sold them off for other companies. You know, it wasn't like Spider-Man at Sony and, and the X-Men at Fox. They owned everything that, you know, they had everything under one roof they have full control of it they had full control of the tv studio that were and the film studio making it um i i don't get why they can't make this work properly um and it's not like i'm not looking forward to some of these films you know suicide squad looks like an immense amount of fun and i think that's going to be a really fun film i think the black adam movie given that the people involved behind it are really really behind the character i think that's going to be a really fun film i'm very much looking forward to the batman i think it's going to be an interesting different take my fear about that film is if that becomes some huge hit and people really like it dc are going to pivot again and go okay well let's rebuild everything around that and, and it will all shoot off in a completely different direction again. So, um, I don't know. I just wondered what people's thoughts were on the state of the DCEU at this point and <laughs> uh, what what you would like to see moving forward. Henry Cavill? <laughs> yes. I, I, I just... I, I mean, it's been... I mean, has it been now eight years since Man of Steel? And yes, he was in BVS and Justice League and Snyder Cut and whatever. I... I just can't work at like because now they're doing this other reboot of Superman and fair enough you know they've got the other CW version with uh, Tyler Hecklin which is obviously like slightly separate or supposed to you know whatever um but just the uh, apart I mean there's a lot of failures to the list obviously sort of went through some of them there but there is I can't think of a reason unless there's some sort of behind the scenes thing or some sort of business thing or whatever as to why they can't get Henry Cavill back for Superman. They have their Wonder Woman, you know, uh, Gal Gadot, and they have Wonder Woman 1, 2, and then the the third one's on the way and stuff. Uh, they very quickly, after um, Ben Affleck's, you know, a- announced his departure, getting Robert Pattinson in, in the door didn't take them very long, which I think is a very good thing. But, uh, yeah, they seem to have, like, tried, attempted to resolve that straight away, but Superman, they've just pretty much almost left in limbo uh, as like okay 
does does Henry know if he's Superman? Does his agent does mm. does Warner does anybody know if he's you know, like <laughs> legitimately any? Does Walter Hamada himself? You know, the, the head of does does he know if, if Henry Cavill's back? But just not a question of is he or isn't he Superman? Which again, I don't know who actually knows the definitive answer to that. It's just and it can't it can't I don't think it could be an issue of oh he's like maybe difficult to work with. If you if you look at Netflix. There's there's no. proof there. I mean, you've got season one and season two of The Witcher. Don't forget he was in Sherlock Holmes as well. Uh, sorry, Nola Holmes, where he played Sherlock Holmes. So it can't be a situation that he's difficult to work with, because otherwise, how would he have got on with you know with with the the people at Netflix? Um, but you're talking about Su- Su- Superman, one of the biggest characters in you know pop culture. Uh, fair enough, they're trying to do these other like slightly obscure things, you know, you've got like Black Adam and Plastic Man and Shazam and that's all fine. If if those films go well that's fine. But I think like like you said with the establishment kind of thing, they've got their new Batman, which was resolved quite quickly to to set that up, which again is supposed to be separate. I don't know why, but you know, we're, we're talking about DC and Walter Hamada. So that's supposed to be separate. That could be a good thing that it's separate, but again, it's just sort of you, you you recasted one of the Trinity of DC, and then you made it separate to one of the current members. You know, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is supposed to be in a, on a different Earth to her or whatever. But um, maybe this new reboot of Superman will kind of fix some of that stuff. But then it's like, hey, why do you need to reboot Superman when you've already got one? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, Plastic Man's on the way, so. <laughs> but in in terms of like the upcoming DC films, I'm looking forward to Batman. You know, I think Robert Pattinson's a great actor. Um, you know, you've got some other ridiculously good cast in there as well. You know, you got uh, is it Jeffrey Wright? I think that's yeah, and, and Zoe Kravitz yeah. and that for some really really good cast members. Uh, Suicide Squad for Harley Quinn and to see what they do there. Flash that could be a horror show. I I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, what's the other one? Aquaman two. Uh, what okay um wonder woman 3 we don't it's it's too early to talk about that film yet i guess you know we only just had the second mm. one um Sh- shazam i did enjoy shazam so the second one of that i'm looking forward to black adam we don't i don't know anything about that so there's no there's no in terms of black adam there's no reason for me to not be excited or be excited i'm very much just yeah in in the middle because i don't know anything about that character uh, i know he's meant to be related to shazam does that mean they're going to show up yeah. in the same films probably not <laughs> Because again, they can't get the Trinity together. So um, that's some of my thoughts, anyway. So, uh, Robert, what do you think of um, all of that? Yeah, well, I'm definitely a fan of the original Shazam film. I I was a big fan of how it was a big departure from some of the dark overtones and let's face it, kind of depressing parts of that. I mean, hell, this is the Snyder cut. Jeez, I felt like I needed therapy after that movie. Um, so I'm definitely good for more of the lighthearted humor. It's definitely going to be interesting right. to see the Black Adam film because uh, Dwayne Johnson has been pushing so hard to get that movie made, and he's kind of just made it a force of will of his own to get it into re- reality. Um, we talked a little bit about that. There are some interesting films that are like in concept. Uh, they're making a Zatanna film. They're making a Blue Beetle film. Um, both of those are going to be interesting. I'm really kind of thrown that they're giving Cena his own TV spinoff for his Suicide Squad character. Yeah. Not really quite sure where that's going. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, kind of some of my hope is that this was is supposed to be a Flashpoint film. They've changed that film so much that I don't know. But uh, that that kind of resets things a little bit. Um mm. and may I don't yeah, d- 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 does that like bring Robert's Batman into things properly? Does what what does that kind of like does that resolve Superman in some way, shape or form? Um I don't know. So we'll see. Uh Bex, what do you think of the D C situation? Um, I firmly, firmly do believe that somewhere in D C that there is uh, a squirrel which is um working one of those wheel of fortune style wheels and mm. whatever it lands on is what they make at this point <laughs> um a bit like e4's dartboard because i have felt so many of the choices have been yeah. random and not necessarily making films in the right order or um picking the right characters to put in things because originally the rumors for for birds of prey although that was in some ways quite a fun movie definitely wasn't a birds of prey movie and didn't even contain the exact correct birds of prey for the most part mm-hmm. um 
it was originally going to be a Gotham City Sirens movie. And you've got to think like what else but like a squirrel that's had too many E numbers in its like smarties that is operating a wheel of fortune wheel would have decided to go, no, 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 no. There's, there's this rumor we're making a movie that's going to have Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy and Catwoman. You know what would do better? Let's put characters most of the general public have never heard in, but change their characters so they're fairly unrecognizable to the fans of the characters and then just put Harley Quinn in that movie, but name it Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And I have just felt it's just impossible to guess what they're going to do. I get subverting expectations, but we're still supposed to be looking forward to things rather than just going, I have no idea what this is going to come out like. Um, I am looking forward to the next Suicide Squad movie. The trailer for that does look like an improvement on the last one, which was, again, we've got this potentially good movie. Now let's rewrite the plot to be somewhere between a bad Ghostbusters ripoff with like a thing at the top of the building made of smoke and a Scooby-Doo plot, um, but make people die in it. And um, yeah, I I really, really, really want to like the movies they're putting out, but you, you just can't really get on board with any kind of universe or even as separate movies because they just can't seem to make a decision and stick with it with the direction they want to take. And I think that's having a massive effect on uh what they're putting together the choices they're making and the success of the films that they're putting out because even if they do something quite well if it's just the opposite of what we thought or hoped it was going to be they're just always giving themselves an uphill battle at the moment Mm. i would actually believe the squirrel theory because and i've mentioned (laughs) this to both uh, matt and uh, david if you go online on youtube you can look and find a speech that uh, kevin smith did at clark college talking about his time with DC and when he movie. first got yeah. approached with them, they were going to make a sequel to Beetlejuice and have it set in Hawaii. I absolutely <laughs> believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent true. He talks about his time on the uh, Superman movie with uh, Nick Cage being Superman. Yeah. Just that alone. What? Hmm. Yeah. That's the thing with where he talks about, uh, the fact that the the they were insisting on him having a giant mechanical spider in there, and the Superman at the time wasn't supposed to fly, and yeah, it was it was very weird. But it, I mean, I love Kevin Smith when he does those sort of audience with things, but that one is fascinating if you're a DC fan to to just go and listen him to talk about that. Um, just just his whole experience of that is is really really interesting. Yeah, and that yeah. mechanical spider did show up in that director's first movie, which was the uh, Will Smith Kevin Klein yes. Wild Wild West. Yes, and it yes, was just it the did. director's obsession with giant spiders. Yeah, hmm. it was so weird. Yeah, but uh, maybe certain leadership roles at DC and Warner Brothers should be changed. Just, just a suggestion. It, uh, yeah. you know, it's difficult bit... to tell because DC has a, a history of making some. Like, I know all comic book companies have a history of doing weird decisions, but DC specifically have done various things over time where they've just gone, let's just randomly make Superman blue and made of energy for a bit and change his logo. And then just like a week later go, oh, no, I I was a little bit drunk when I wrote that email. Can we just wreck on that? And it seems to happen with DC, like with major characters. Quite a a little bit drunk. And then there's what are you smoking and can I have some? (laughs) <laughs> yeah mm. with yep. the changes they temporarily made to superman you don't want any <laughs> <laughs> yep but uh we'll see what dc comes out with and uh what happens to warner brothers and what kind of accusations come out next because uh that mm. was quite wild last week so yeah yeah uh cool i think we're done with that uh topic that was interesting uh last one that we got is robert what do you want to talk about robert well when we all got together the last time, we had such a fun rabbit hole to go down with mm. Lemonade. I thought I would keep mine completely off topic. And this is a, another question that I've got for the group, considering I'm the only American among four Brits. Um, Bex doesn't really kind of fall into this category because it's well established that she doesn't like tea. I'm just kind of curious. Is sun tea a thing in the UK or is that just an American thing? I don't think I've heard of that before. I've, I've not heard of that. No. No, nope. yeah. literally no idea what you're talking about. You're going to have to educate. Yeah. I, I lived uh, with an American for eight months of the first lockdown, and I've never heard of it. Yeah, sun tea <laughs> is kind of a thing to where you buy a massive glass jug, and we're talking like four to six quarts, and you fill it up with water, and you throw a couple tea bags in, and you put it outside. 
and just let it steep in the sunlight. So it's kind of a thing to where you fill it up and you put it outside and then you go to work. And then when you get back home, you have tea that's just been sitting kind of outside. And that's something I've grown up with. It's it's everywhere, literally, where I grew up. And you find well, it pretty much see- in any... It's sweet of you to think that we have sun in the UK. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you, you are aware we... it was snowing last week and it's spring here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It snowed last week and it was spring. You see, the problem with a recipe like that in the UK is if you did that out here, you probably just end up with a frozen-like sort of very large ice cube of tea. So, you yeah, know. If you had an ice cube, you'd had some slush with a fly mm. in it. Or a squirrel will have stolen your tea bags, and it would just yeah. be the fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I either that, or it'll be sunny. You'll try and random. you'll try and do that, and it will start raining, but it will be sunny at the same time. So yeah, our weather's not even consistent enough to put that outside <laughs> no. and for us to get iced tea. We would just get nothingness. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, where I live, the weather's completely random. I've seen it snow in May before. Um, <laughs> so there's several cities near where I live that have Major League Baseball teams that have had games delayed and canceled because of snow in April and May. So that I totally get. It's just it's something that I've always grown up with, and I'm just thinking, is this just a, an American thing or what? Yeah, yeah, it is very much an American thing. It's it's one yeah. of those kind of weird uh, uh, American things that you... Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at recipes for it, it is described in some places as an American sun tea. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet I bet the tea bags are slightly different as well because us Brits we can't handle our tea if it's stewed for longer than like three minutes. We're all we're like, oh no, too much, too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are different, but it's also scaled for size. Like I said, some of the containers can be six quarts, and so they'll make the tea bags about the size, about three times the size of what a normal tea bag would be, right. just for that. I have no idea what a quart is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming just very large, many pints. <laughs> Uh, what they have tried doing over here and they probably have them in america is these cold tea infusions so where you get a tea bag made by some of our top brands and you're supposed to put them in a cold like uh, your drinking bottle and you can have that for the day and it's supposed to be like this refreshing fruit cold tea i remember trying one about two years ago and i just thought it was disgusting it was like that it just, just sounds like failed squash yeah it just yes. didn't bring the flavor through i was like yeah just throw a bit of robinson squash in it'd be much easier but that's <laughs> what they've tried to do there's like whole aisles of them in the supermarket at the moment like cold tea infusions i'm like just buy squash it's two aisles down <laughs> just accept you you are not taking on this other area of the shop (laughs) a quart is basically half a pint so if it's a six quart container it's uh three pints pints. 12 pints Hmm. yes i can do maths carry on (laughs) (laughs) a lot that's just just stick with a lot i can do it (laughs) cool nice nice Hey everybody, Matt here. Just wanted to edit in this part as well. Um, so we finished the episode. Uh, don't worry, nothing went wrong. This isn't a message to say something went wrong. Uh, it, it all went very, very well. Um, but we finished the episode, did the outro, which you're just about to hear. But um, after we finished the outro, uh, David did something which was quite interesting. I don't want to spoil what this is uh, exactly, but... Um, yeah, I've put it. I'm gonna put it after the out after the outro is all done, so we will hear me talking about where you can find our content and uh, Lex and David and Gray kind of do the same thing. Uh, but once I get through all that and do the outro, uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, think of it as a post credit scene. Think of us as doing doing what Marvel does, do the post credit scenes kind of thing. Uh, I'm gonna. It's not really like a blooper. It's kind of like a just a fun fun little kind of thing that happened after we. Um, finished recording uh so yeah check check uh check it out after the outro uh so that's okay. everybody that's everybody's uh topics i think um this has been a ton of fun we should do it again at some point it's actually the second time we've done kind of a big podcast like this uh it is somewhat difficult to get five people to available at the same time <laughs> which i've been trying <laughs> to do for a few weeks but uh we're here now and uh we've done the episode uh so i want to give all of you a big big thank you thank you very much for for being here today and for being able to record the episode um yeah it's uh it's been a hell of a ride uh entertainment talk is far from over uh there will be more podcasts well there'll be more today uh and uh, of course more episodes next week for other things as well uh, so thank you all very very much for listening 
Um, thank you to the audience for sticking with me uh, for five years well, as well for listening to me literally talk for over a thousand podcasts. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a hell of a hell of a lot of fun. So uh, and there's there's more to to enjoy in the future. So yeah, thank you all very very much. Thank you for being here. And thank you to the audience for listening to everything that they have done. So uh, it's been awesome. Um, but in the meantime, if you do want to find all of the other things that we do, there's over 1,400 and so on uh, podcasts to, to choose from. Uh, if you want to find all those, uh, entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Um, so there's that. If you like what you've heard, you want to support more of it, there's some different options for you. Uh, Patreon, the $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, word of mouth, just simply tell people that you know <clears throat> to go to entertainmenttalk.org. They can also search for us on podcast platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook groups, all that kind of thing. So please consider choosing some of those options to support us on Entertainment Talk. Uh, but we've got some other people that do other things here as well. Uh, Bex, where can people find what you do? Yeah, uh, I am Trista Bites on everything, spelt B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny. Uh, all the social medias, I've also got six and a half years worth of geeky videos over on the YouTubes, including a lot of interviews. And I'm full time on Twitch. If you'd like to come and laugh at me playing games, name my characters, things like idiot, or join me in what's going to be a very long and confusing discussion with my audience so I can discover whether or not everyone indeed drinks sun tea or whether or not it's just something by one particular crazy person here <laughs> cool and to sit in cardboard boxes as well mm. absolutely yeah. uh, for the record sanity is highly overrated <laughs> i've not tried it yet so maybe one day <laughs> um but uh, you can find bex over there twitch trista by trista b-y-d-e-s uh david where can people find you uh, you can find me over at uh, geektown.co.uk where we have all the latest uh, TV news and uh, UK and US TV premiere dates. We have lists for both for so you can see when your favourite TV shows are coming back, either in the US or the UK. Um, and uh, there's also lots of news going up daily about uh, things that are going on in TV, film and gaming on the uh, main news feed as well so uh, that's all over at geektown.co.uk and there is of course the geektown radio podcast as well which goes out every tuesday cool go and check that out uh gray you're also on there as well uh, but where can people find you on twitter yes so on twitter come and follow me at gray the geek yes i co-host with geektown um and i co-host with entertainment talk or nine podcasts now so go and uh, have a listen <laughs> um uh also yeah follow me on twitter i start a new job tomorrow so maybe follow my journey back into education i'm returning to teaching everybody that's <laughs> <laughs> cool. nice one uh, and you can also find robert here with me uh, on uh, on entertainment talk as well so check out everything on all the different platforms Thank you very, very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Success. Cool. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, Bex didn't have a jump scare give her a concussion, so that's a bonus in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) Go! <laughs> it is quite like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be anything if Bex wasn't getting trolled on something. So. I know. <laughs> it's been worse than not usual. Like, that's recently. a lot longer than that's a lot longer than when like Mario or Crash does or something. It's usually yeah. quite quick. So Bex, you're the one that put Baby Shark as a bit reward, so <laughs> you got no one for yourself. I, I put the rewards, the sound effects are chosen by viewers. <laughs> Yeah, I well, just set the price on that one high in the hope they wouldn't. Yeah, well, that's so, your yeah, first they, mistake. They, they choose. <laughs> I don't get a huge amount of say as as much as people think. Um, and the sonic drowning noise is the is the current donation noise for uh, Autistica. So that one's been a lot more frequent recently. <laughs> Funny. Yay! Stress for charity. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Less so for the terrifying trolling. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know I've always got you back. <laughs> yeah, that you're not supposed to be putting a knife in it though, are you, mate? <laughs> not what that phrase is supposed to mean. Oh, where would be the fun if I didn't? Uh... <laughs> so anyway, you're blocked and banned, and I'm never coming on your podcast again. Um, so, <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Hey, I've never been on his podcast to begin with. So uh, that's true. We need to get you on at some point. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> He'll troll you with sound effects.
<laughs> oh, please. I'm the king of trolls. What are you talking about? Uh, I've been a professional troll since 2008. So. <laughs> you have to beat him at his own game then. Yeah. No. It's only you I troll with side effects. <laughs> oh, well, now I feel special. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sign well, you of are a pixie, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, so that's I a see. special. Yes. Apparently not special enough. So. <laughs> <laughs>